Get ready for two hours of hard-hitting football talk. Straight from their jocks about the jocks. It's Football on the Know with Jim and Joe. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Football on the Know. I am Jim McPhee, and alongside of me is Mr. Joe DeCapita. What's going on, Nodals? Welcome back for another edition of Football on the Know show. We are ready to go. And listen, Ooh. I got something to tell you guys because our friends at SeatGeek.com, they have allowed us to share with you that they are the only source to buy tickets to anything that you're going to try to see. Favorite band, sports team, any venue, and mo- so much more. Right now, you can get $20 off. That's right, 20 bucks off your purchase when you spend $50 or more. Just by entering promo code GOZ, G-O-Z, visit SeatGeek.com to search for any event that you want. You can buy your tickets, and then make sure you use that promo code GOZ, G-O-Z. You get $20 off anything over $50 purchase. Save some money. Enjoy the summer. Have a blast. SeatGeek.com, and then make sure you enter that promo code. Yeah, absolutely. SeatGeek, we love it. Getting concert tickets all the time. Next week, we're going to go to a concert, Joe. We're super excited super to see excited, it. Super excited, bro. Uh, and now's the time, too. With, with the way COVID has been, everybody's yep. able to go out now and, and, and see these these uh, these bands and stuff. And I've noticed, Finally. too, uh, now I think because of the break with, with, with COVID and them trying to get into the studio the best that they can to put out new music, uh, they're not promoting the new album as much. They want to hit you hard with the greatest hits. But meanwhile, say, hey, we have a new album, by the way. Check it out. And, and that's a, such a great experience because you get to go there, see all the best songs that you, you loved so much and everybody was trying to listen to while they were stuck in their houses for the whole time of COVID. So we're excited for that. We love SeatGeek. And that just means football season's coming around. You got to get them football tickets too. Also on SeatGeek.com. Promo code guys. That's yeah, right. Training camps have started. They're Ooh, starting to exciting, trickle in. Buddy. Rookies have reported. Veterans have report, reported for some teams today. I mean, it's getting exciting now. Now we're going to get into the heart of the offseason where training camp begins this month of August. We're going to see... Who can excel? Who can? Who's going to end up declining? Who's going to make the team? Who isn't going to make the team? So a lot of exciting stuff happening for all 32 teams out there. And it's another chance to not only get better, but you ha- there's some hopes out hopes there. Like for, for some have. teams that are still rebuilding, there's some teams that are on that. They're, they're teetering between being good and being even better. You know what I mean? And, and try to maybe eclipse a, a division divisional crown. So let's see what happens. What August brings for the for the teams in the NFL, but we're gonna get to something really quick because something popped up today, and the Niners. Th- listen, Jimmy G. We've been wondering for months now, like what's gonna happen with this guy? Like, are the Niners gonna make a decision? Are they gonna keep him? Are they gonna move on from him? Well, now we take a glimpse at what has happened today, where the report has come out and said Jimmy G. is able to seek a trade. Boom! That's right there. So. Now we finally get some concrete little piece of info that says this is what the Niners are going for now. Like we were, we were, when we had discussions before about Jimmy G, should Niners keep him? We thought maybe they should because is Trey Lance really ready? There's been some, uh, you know, weird reports coming out of Niners camp saying like, "Eh, they're not really, you know, they're not, they're not totally confident in him right just yet. He still needs some work to do, but 
and we thought maybe Jimmy G stays. But here we go. If they're if they're letting him go seek a trade, that means maybe they've made their decision. Maybe now uh, they are prepared to move on from Trey Lance, and something that we we thought might happen because. Trey Lance was picked so high in the in the draft in the draft class, third overall, that you almost now you now you're married to him. Now you have to play him. You have to see what you have in him on the football field. It's time to move on. So here we go. We get some info now. Jimmy G's allowed to go seek a trade, and he just passed his physical, which mm-hmm. is a big keynote in this whole situation. Is now that he's passed his physical. Now he is able to go seek a trade because, listen, no one's going to trade for an injured player. So, But the big question now is because it's taken so long, because we're at this standpoint now of, Jimmy G, you can go seek a trade, but who's going to want him at this point? Mm -hmm. What what guys are available? What teams are really looking at quarterback now? Because we've seen Seattle make a trade, you know, with the Broncos, Mm -hmm. with multiple players Mm -hmm. and and bringing over um, – the quarterback from the Broncos, I can't even yeah, remember. Yeah. That's Drew how Locke. relevant he Drew is. Drew Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. they're maybe, maybe he makes, maybe he becomes their starter or not. Uh, we'll wait and see. But that was a team that a lot of people thought Jimmy G might get traded to. Now it's like, well, they seem to be comfortable, I guess, with the quarterbacks that they have. But should they be? Probably not. And then we thought maybe the Browns, because with the looming suspension with, with Deshaun Watson, and they're going to need someone to, to lead that team without, if he's not there, maybe Jimmy G gets traded to Cleveland. But now a report came out today, too, as soon as this one did, right after it, is that the Browns are not interested at all. So, mm-hmm. um, and what, they don't want to pay the money either. Bro, you know what, what I mean? What are you waiting for? So <laughs> that's the crazy thing is like all these scenarios where he could have possibly, all these teams that he possibly could have been traded to, even the Panthers. That, right, that right. nailed down a trade in, to get Baker Mayfield from Cleveland. Now they're set. Yeah, they all these Sam things Darnold, have like fell Baker. right into place. And that's what's right. funny is because it's been so long, like you said, they were waiting for the time. This question has been looming since I think the they were bumped out of you know the, the, the NFL season mm-hmm. last year and, and they were moving on. That's the f- question that first hit the, the 49ers. What are they going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo? We, we've heard that you know maybe he's going to be on the move. Something, maybe they were just waiting to make sure that he was going to pass a physical. So then they go and move on. And now right. that it has been this long, I mean, uh, veterans are to report by the the 26th here uh, for some into teams. camps for some teams. There's already teams yeah, now, right now, veterans are reporting yeah, absolutely. today. And uh, so, again, he would be behind, be behind the eight ball in trying to pick up somebody else's playbook here to try and jump on uh, with some of these teams where there's other guys that have had a chance. Like mm-hmm. You talked about the, the Denver Broncos and having Drew Locke already has been in-house and be able to try and consume the playbook here to move forward as as uh, the, the, the quarterback for the, the Seahawks. But... Also, I mean, um, they they have another guy that, that's been there, Geno Smith, who already knows the playbook, too. He's been with Seattle forever, and he's mm-hmm. right now winning the starting job, as far as I know, with, with coaches. And But we still have camp to go through and see what's going to happen. But if there are still uh, rumors about possibly – them being still interested in Jimmy Garoppolo there then, then that could there could be something to that. So you want to take a look at some teams that might be interested. Like you said, the 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 Cleveland Browns, they already made their move, and, and so did the Panthers. Panthers were in that conversation before, but they do bring in Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. So they've they're probably out. What other teams would you see that could have the interest there? Uh there's a lot of teams that still have a young quarterback, but I think they're really 
on and, that borderline to where right. they want to see what they have in them. If you look at the Giants and Daniel Jones, he's on mm-hmm. his last year to kind of figure out why he is before if they're going to sign him to a long-term uh, deal or at least an extension of, yeah. to an extent or just move on. I don't think they're just going to all of a sudden say, oh, let's bring you know like a Jimmy Garoppolo in and so that we have a better chance of winning, and that means you've already moved on from Daniel Jones. I think they want to see what they have, and that's Absolutely. what you have with a lot of different teams here, like da- Davis Mills with the Texans and stuff. Uh, even Tua with Miami, but if you take a look at Miami for me, um, that would even be a team that could make a little sense here if things, if they really weren't sold so much on Tua because they still have some cap space, they have all that talent, and it seems like they're trying to build to kind of make a push and win something now. And you've got the former offensive coordinator from the 49ers there. Jimmy G already settles in nice with that. And you've got all these this talent around you. I mean, he, Jimmy G would like it because he'd be built for success. There's a couple other storylines to also keep in mind. Is like you have uh, the Baltimore Ravens. You know what I mean? And and their quarterback situation and how he, he's uh, looking for a big-time deal in Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he's looking to cash in. Now, that creates some uncertainty. Now, I, I, it's not that I'm saying they're going to – they're willing to move on from Lamar and, and, and bring in Jimmy G, but it's mm. a scenario that has to be brought up because what if they can't agree on a contract? They they just they the the relationship is torn apart, and and, and now it's almost like they have to trade him, move on from him, and and they're going to need an answer after he's gone. So that is a possibility. Still, you can't rule that I completely it's out. It's not likely, but you just can't completely rule it out. Another thing, too, is you have teams uh, like Jim was mentioning where like Miami Dolphins with Tua, they've had uncertainty with him, but that's only because I don't think the guy's been given uh, a true shot with some players around him. Now you look at this year where they've kind of beefed up that roster even more, and now he's got plenty of weapons. You know what I mean? The offensive line is yet again improved again for another season. He's got running backs galore behind him. He's got Tyree Kill that he's going to be able to utilize. So, and a new offense, a new coaching staff. So, maybe this is the year that Tua actually takes a step forward and shows people and proves to people that he is the quarterback for the future. Now, if he isn't, if he can't get it done, if he doesn't do enough to secure that position, then maybe you do have to think about bringing in maybe a Jimmy G this year and just sitting behind Tua in case like an insurance policy. You know what I mean? But that also includes you need to extend Jimmy G. You need to sign him long term. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different scenarios. I mean, you even think about Minnesota Vikings. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins has been there all this time. He's made so much money. His agents be unbelievable, by the way. Uh, Kudos to his agent Uh, for getting him not only guaranteed money, but higher, higher pay than he deserves. But not to mention, and I'm not saying he's he's garbage, but he's a good quarterback, but nowhere near 30 million a year. His contract is going to expire after this season. So what does that mean for the Vikings' future? Now, is this is this a move that the Vikings could do? I think this is almost like a, a perfect fit for Jimmy G to go to Minnesota, where they already have weapons. They got a hell of a running back in Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I don't know how much longer he's going to play, but... 
they have weapons. They have players where a guy like Jimmy G could be inserted and they still keep the ball rolling. They still are competitive. And who knows, maybe adding Jimmy G over Kirk Cousins, maybe that improves the offense. Uh, and, and they're able to get deeper into the season and have a winning record and maybe even competing for the division. Uh, the other thing, too, is what about the Atlanta Falcons? There's no set quarterback there. Like, I understand mm-hmm. they drafted, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, Desmond Ritter, but that doesn't mean Desmond Ritter's going to be the answer either. Uh, we all know right now that they're going to experiment with the quarterbacks that they have, and there's no guarantee, though. Don't be rude. So yeah, well, I mean, because, yes, because you go of out and all get that, Mariota, you know, you, it's like why not go ahead and bring another quarterback mm-hmm. in like Jimmy G? As long as it's on the cheap, if you don't have to give up, and I don't think anyone's going to have to because one, you got to take on that co- that yeah, contract right anyway. There, yeah. But if you're able to acquire him for low round pick, and you can eat that contract this year, and then maybe give an extension where it's a little bit more cap friendly, then why not pull the trigger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was thinking about that earlier today, too. Uh, how about Atlanta? Because, again, they were decided to roll the dice, and they want to go in on a Marcus Mariota there to, to run that offense, which he should know it, too, because of Arthur Smith, you know, being very familiar with one another. Uh, but, again, when you look at talent levels, uh, Jimmy G has been there. I mean, and this is the thing that you got to look at with his resume. Uh, and I think Colin Coward had brought up that. Again, he's got to be one of the most underrated uh, quarterbacks around there. But I think there's, there's some reasoning to that just because, again, hasn't been really asked to do too much. Mm-hmm. And when he has, hasn't really produced a lot for him. If you take right. a look back at um, previous, like whether it be Super Bowls or uh, high-pressure situations, that's where he hasn't really uh, stood out and really shown that he is a true starting quarterback, franchise quarterback for people. That's why this question is always looming around Jimmy G. Um not asked to to pass a lot, only have a certain amount of uh, passing yards during the playoffs, running the ball, having it. Uh, Debo Samuel be uh, almost like a crutch to him at, at times. So not being able to really take over this team, one, and, and being the, the guy has loomed over him. But if you want to look at Jimmy G and you look at his resume, mm-hmm. he has been to the Super Bowl. He has been through multiple playoff games. So he does have the credentials i guess if you look at it as his in his career that can get you further than some somebody like a marcus Mariota, like you're talking about mm-hmm. somebody like uh, a carson wentz that we're even talking about here with the washington um the commanders right as i say I almost messed up their name the washington commanders here. right and that's why we're even asking about Tua, somebody again who you know looks to me i like he, like he can lead a team I, I i like him but he hasn't really given a fair shot but if that team really feels like they are ready to win now, that's when you kind of should pull the trigger. As far as some of these other ones that aren't really ready to win, for me, it doesn't really make sense to bring in that guy that you're going to pay that contract to if you're not really looking to go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Unless you were going to use him to kind of groom another quarterback that's there in the waiting. The only thing that I'll say about that is, like, quarterback is the most important position, right? We all know that. Yeah. However... If you don't have a quarterback, and even though your team isn't going anywhere, you need to start somewhere. So quarterback is the most important position. So why not bring a guy like Jimmy G to your team, and then you build around him? You know what I mean? And you and maybe and maybe it's a faster path to do it that way because now that you have the quarterback already, and you just add some weapons here, wep, 
I mean, you can find weapons. You can find offensive linemen. You can find defensive players to help this team, whatever team he goes to. So that might even fast-track your team to becoming more competitive sooner rather than later. I mean, that's the only thing that I would say about that. But there's even a couple other teams that just came to mind that maybe nobody's even given it a thought. Is Why, why not the Saints? Like, they have Andy Dalton, right? Mm-hmm. And they have Jameis Winston, but... We know what those two quarterbacks are. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not its not saying, I'm not trying to slight them, but we also know what Jimmy G can do. Jimmy G has been to the Super Bowl before. Jimmy G has mm-hmm. been in the playoffs. Jimmy mm-hmm. G has been had winning seasons and has done a, a fairly, well, fairly good job. So why not add some more competition to the most important position in football to the Saints? May the best man win through training camp. And let's go Saints in, marching into next for this season. And who knows where they could end up. They yeah, got a really like good that. defense. They mm-hmm. have now with Thomas coming back, as long as he can get, get right, get healthy. Mm-hmm. You got Jarvis Landry. You got a lot of weapons. You got Chris Alave from the draft. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to like there. Not only a really good offensive line, it's, it's a pretty impressive roster. They're just missing that leadership role at quarterback. It seems uh, like a real Saints move, too. I mean, yeah. again, for somebody to fall to them like yep. that, all of a sudden, again, it's one of those things that you don't really see them making a the move, only, but when that guy like that pops up and right. they go get him, you're like, oh, man, right. they did it again. But the only problem with that mm-hmm. scenario mm-hmm. is that the Saints are one of those teams that are strapped a little bit for mm-hmm. money. So they would have to work some restructured contracts and, and to create enough cap room to get them, but it's doable. We've mm-hmm. seen them, hell, We've seen them come back from sixty million over the cap this past yeah, offseason. Absolutely. That's what I mean. They've come able to a get long under. way from from the, being where they were and severely under. I think right. they've really made up a lot of ground on that whole thing. And one other team that I want to mention real quick, and I know nobody, and I mean nobody's thinking about this team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'll tell you why, because Tom Brady's not playing. Mm-hmm. I really, I highly doubt he's playing past this season. I really do. I think he'll finally retire after this year regardless of where they end up. Mm-hmm. What's your future after this? Kyle Rask? I, he's not yeah, proven. Right. Like, yes, mm-hmm. he has promise, mm-hmm. but he's not guaranteed. Why not bring Jimmy G over, give him a two, give him a two to three year, maybe even a four year uh, contract extension, spread that cap out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to pay a lot of money like Tom Brady. And he, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Bring in Jimmy G. Now, it's just insurance at this point. So after Brady retires, and who knows, what's to say this year Brady gets injured? Finally, in his whole career, maybe he gets injured, done for the year. And now, you're like, oh, shit. What, how are we going to salvage this season? Well, good thing that you're already traded for Jimmy G because now he can come in and right the ship for you and keep it afloat. So instead of rushing the rookie out there and saying, hey, hey, Rook, you got you to gotta get us into the playoffs – now you have a proven vet in the in the in waiting in the wings, ready to go on the field and keep the offense rolling. So it and it's also insurance for the future. If Kyle Rask doesn't pan out, you still got Jimmy G. So right. just something to think about. Uh, we've got Jeremy Clutes in the house with us tonight, Joe. What's going on, Jeremy? All right. Welcome he says, to the show. Welcome to the show. He says, What about the Seahawks? Do you think he could go there? Now that's something that we've talked about. And it's almost like it, like a broken record now. Yeah, like yeah, we've exactly, thought right. before, before Baker got traded, before a lot of the quarterback uh, you know additions and signings, we thought Seattle might be a destination before that trade for Andrew Andrew Locke. Mm-hmm. We thought we thought 
that or Drew Lock. We thought mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would be the that's that's it. That's the move. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna happen. And it never happened. Instead, Drew Lock goes there and, and company some Bronco players there as well. Uh Noah Fant included. But mm-hmm. so now that that's happened, that's transpired. Baker moved on, gets traded to the, the Panthers. Now and Cleveland says they, they don't they have no interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the three teams that we thought were possibilities now are no longer possibilities. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. that's what's being reported. Mm-hmm. But Seattle does still make sense because, let's face it, Drew Locke, what he's been able to show, he's been able to show in small spurts of having some kind of a, a successful play here and there. But nothing strung altogether in a, like a, a, dry, a whole complete drive or, or a complete game type of thing. So Drew Locke might struggle still in Seattle because now not only is he with a new environment, new receivers he's got to develop chemistry with, but mm-hmm. also he's got to learn another new offense. And he's got to get out there and prove himself yet again. And what's to say he fails a second time with a different team? Don't fail again. <laughs> exactly, Vader. And then now, but if you pull off a trade for Jimmy G, who's a proven vet, he definitely can help your team and especially improve that team while maybe Drew Locke is still learning that offense, while maybe Drew Locke is still developing. Because Drew Locke, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Drew Locke is definitely this close to being a starter. But what I'm saying is maybe with Seattle's coaching and their approach with him and how to develop him, maybe it's better for him. Mm-hmm. But maybe he still needs more time to get there, to be a starter. So if you get Jimmy G, there's no pressure now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, 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 you don't have to rush Drew Locke out there, even though you acquired him in a trade. You don't have to push him out there if he's not starting ready, mm-hmm. you know. So instead, you'll have Jimmy G, and Jimmy G is more than capable of getting the ball to Tyler Lockett, to DK Metcalf, you know what I mean, to to into the running backs. So yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think it's a good it, scenario. Looking, if you look at it, even trade scenarios, they get to uh, looks like you know seek him, and but I'll prove it. Uh, he, I don't think he's even looking for one of those teams like, oh, this is the team that's kind of purged, ready to set to win a championship. I think no. he just wants to find that place that he's going to start again. He wants, you an know, opportunity. he wants the opportunity to be able to be able to be their starter because he sees the writing on the wall with this team. You don't draft the quarterback that well, high he knew. if, yeah, if he, he knew, he's knew stupid. that it was going to move up. So he's trying to rejuvenate his career to extend it uh, to the best he can. And if he could find, uh, you know, a better team than the Seattle Seahawks, because you already know right now they're rebuilding. Still, you know, but if you add Jimmy G to the roster mm-hmm. and you have those two uh, wide receivers that are good, yep. I mean, that helps that offense out that little bit. And they did try and help out that offensive line a little bit this year, but still, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let's we'll see how how well they can do it. And it's a team that also likes to still try and keep the ball, running the ball a lot too. So uh, yeah. as long as he doesn't make mistakes here and can stay but on that's his feet. Where- but, that, that would be a lot different for this team. But but that's the thing for Jimmy G is that that's where he's come from. Mm-hmm. The Niners run yeah. the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's no different. And there he gets to play the Niners <clears throat> twice a season, too. So, <laughs> yes. I mean, you get the kind yeah, of the, the revenge game. And, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the TV channels are going to love that, you know, throughout the whole season, you know. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, and that's Jimmy the, G coming back. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is like. Uh, some another team popped in my head too is like maybe the Steelers, but then I started to think about it. I'm I like, that quick, bro. well, mm-hmm. they already have Mitch. Mitch is going to be there. Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. has already had some practices there. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be their starter, and they know it. Like they, that, there's a reason why they acquired him in free agency because they have absolute belief that he could be their starter. You know what I mean? So 
Is it possible? Yeah, it's still possible because they, they do need another quarterback for competition and, and what have you. But at the same time, it's like you got a young quarterback right now in, in, in Mitch. And I think he could develop to be their starter and be a good starter for them because they're not going to ask a whole lot from him as a quarterback. They're not going to ask him to be Big Ben. They're going to ask him to be a manager, run the offense, hand the ball off, you know what I mean, so, mm-hmm. to Najee. So, and they're a, running, they're a running team. So, But I think with that whole scenario, I don't think they're going to pull off a trade like that. Houston Texans, like you, you mentioned earlier, uh, that's, another, that's another spot that possibly could happen. I mean, Texans have a lot of money. They could definitely afford them. Mm-hmm. And it gives them also some extra insurance in case Davis Mills gets hurt or get or doesn't play that well this year. Maybe defenses catch on to him from last season, and now they got him locked in and mm-hmm. know how to defend him. Mm-hmm. But it's a possibility. So just because those three scenarios, Panthers, Browns, and, and Seattle, look like they might not happen, there's still going to be interest. There's still going to be teams looking for extra help. Yeah, absolutely, oh, absolutely. Philadelphia Eagles just popped in my head. Really? Because here's the deal: is this is the year oh, where yeah. he's got to uh, prove himself? Yeah. Jalen Mills. Okay. And, or uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen yeah. Hurts. Okay. Uh, he's got to prove himself this year because that's what that's the whole circulating thing. The Eagles organization and front office even had questions on him right, last right, year. Right. Right. Uh, so coming into this year, now that he has AJ Brown, he has uh, you know added weaponry to his arsenal a really good offensive line in mm-hmm, front of them. Mm-hmm. There's no more excuses. Right. This year, you have to take a step forward as a quarterback. So if Hurts tends to slip, tends to play down, mm-hmm. and doesn't play up to his full potential, then this is also another move that the Eagles yeah, could have for insurance. In there. Yeah. He's a veteran. He knows mm-hmm, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And that could work as well. Yeah, that might be All best right, you know, for them, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios. We'll see. This is just the first day we're finding out about everything here. So uh, a lot of off-season to, or training camps to get going in and uh, and uh, see what happens, you know, with the storylines and, and everything else that I can co- keep uh, coming out of camp. Uh, we're hear- hearing a lot of different great things about a lot of players that we like uh, as camps are rolling into some stuff. So uh, we're su- super excited to um, keep track of that. If there's anything you guys want to talk about that out there too, don't forget to light it up in the comments. Drop it in the comments. Absolutely. Uh, but first, I'm going to uh, tell you guys a little bit about our little friends bit. at Mohawk Honda. That's right. Mohawk Honda, Freeman's Ridge Road. That's right. Mohawk uh, Honda, where they go out of their way to please you. And their slogan is perfect because they seriously do. And they take care of not only the, you know, the, the people that come in and want to buy a car. You know, I follow them on social media, and they're forever having, like, uh, parties or cookouts for their employees like weekly on the weekly. So a company <laughs> that takes care of their employees and then they take care of the customers as well. I mean, it's an all around great thing. It's a family, the Herodin family run it. They've had for, for years now here. And that's why their slogan fits perfect. And in a time where, you know, the, the, um, the, with this, uh, the cars being a, a tough to try and get right now stuff, they, it is prime position right now to go bring your car in for a trade-in. You'll get ultimate value here with that Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. It's still going on. You can go even on uh, Kelly Blue Book's uh, website or just go to MohawkHonda.com and you can put in all your information about your vehicle. They'll give you a price right there, what it, they think it's worth right there. So you can even go and they'll sell it right there on the uh, on online right there, just take it right there. Or you can look at something else too while you're there to trade it in on a new ride, something that fits you now. You're looking to get rid of the old one. So check it out, mohawkhonda.com, or drive your way over to Freeman's Bridge Road there to Mohawk Honda and 
they talked to my man, uh, Kate McKenna over there. You got, you, Aaron, you got Greg Johnson too, the general manager too. If you just want to go to him, Mohawk Honda, where they go out of their way to please you and they'll put you in a ride that you want and you deserve. All right, Joe. Uh, <laughs> something also that came out this week too. It, and we do this every year. So, um, we're That's trying right. to roll into it. We're going to do just the wide receivers this time, but I think in, in the next couple of episodes, we're going to uh, bunch a few together, but Madden, everybody complains about their Madden ratings every season stuff too. And we always have a thing about John Madden, uh, the, the video games and how they do their rating system. And mm-hmm. it's always been a thing that irks me. Me, I have an issue with just with the 99 altogether, but <laughs> a separate issue is that again, how are you rating some of these guys at this and then this guy is that, and they're really similar and, and whatever. And, and where are you getting this from? And then when you look at their end result of their rating, if you look at their attributes that you had rated them at, whether it be agility, catching, uh, spin move, whatever, um, that still doesn't average out to this number that you have as a player altogether. So we, a few years back, decided to have this fun thing that we go back and we re-rate all of the players here in, in certain positions. So right. this week, that's right. Excuse me. Uh, yesterday or day before they came out, day before they came out with the wide receiver ratings. So let's take a look at the wide receiver list right here. And we've got Devonte Adams here in the 99 in the 99 club. Cooper right. cup, 98 Tyree kill 97 Deandre Hopkins, even though he was injured all last year, uh, 96 Stefan Diggs. I spelled his name wrong. It's 95. Uh, dude, I didn't even finish Justin Jefferson too. Look at that typo. How did I miss Justy. that one? How'd that get past editing? Listen, Justin Jefferson. Justin, we mean no disrespect. <laughs> we didn't mean to call you Justin. There you go. 93 Mike Evans, 92 Keenan now in 91. Terry McLaurin, 91, and then Amari Cooper, now with the Cleveland Browns, uh, a 90 to wrap out, the, wrap out the top 10. And, you know, a lot of different players have voiced their opinion. They do it over Twitter. They do it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media, how upset they are about their rating. You hear it every year. Jamar Chase upset about what he was given, Joe, and he's not cracking the top 10, even though he was one of, one of the best uh, receivers last year it, to be one of the, the teams that, that, you know, took it to the whole Super Bowl there to play for the representative at the as the AFC. Yep. So so he didn't make it and and he was uh, a little upset with that. But what we're going to do now is we're going to go through uh our re-ratings now. So what we did is we took all the stats that mattered to the wide receiver position. Would it be speed, catching, um release, things like that, agility, any, ca- any category stiffer, where anything. it matters so for that position. So it ended up being a, a total of 19 different things. And this is going to be our re-rating for these top 10 players. But we also took a look at another five or six just to see mm-hmm. if these guys make the cut now and if any of the top ones get bumped. So let's have some fun and take a look at this and see what happens. All right, Joe, here we go with the number one guy here, uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, after we at, re-rated Devante? him, he comes in as a 91. There 91. you go, a 91 right there, Joe. So there what do you go. think about that? You're going from a 99 to a 91 right there. And that seems a little more realistic to me because, again, I have a thing with the whole 99 being a thing. That means that you are almost perfect. And nobody in the NFL is just about almost perfect. I see a 99 is when I go to create like a player and then I want to just boost my attributes all the way up mm-hmm. to a 99 because I just want to be able to dominate into this game. It's like a cheat code. I don't think any of those players should exactly be a 99. 
Uh, I mean, here's the thing is it is a video game. So like there's this whole big thing. It, what, what makes it a big deal is like you're part of the 99 club, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the big deal. It's like you make it to the 99 club. It's a big achievement for the player in the game and that type of thing. And it means you had a phenomenal year the previous season. However, it doesn't have to be like 99 overall. Like I, I, I agree with Jimmy in terms of like, to be near perfect, to be that dominating of a player where it's basically saying that you just can't be stopped. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I understand there's a lot of really good players to elite players that are very tough to defend or very tough to to deal with. Um, But as far as the 99 club go, I'm okay with it because it is part of a video game. It's it's, It's like a fun thing to be a part of. You're part of the 99 club. You're that dominating and what have you. But... They could just change it up a little bit and make it a little bit more realistic. Somebody can be close to 99. I don't think anybody should ever be a 99. However, you could be part of like all pro. Let's just have have like an all pro club mm-hmm. to where, you, hey, you, you bowled out last season. Now you're part of the all pro, cl- all Madden team or whatever, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't have to be a 99, but you could be a 95, a 94, something like that. Uh, that that's kind of like where where my mindset is. Like I understand the 99 overall rating is a little kind of absurd. I mean to be near perfect and and but I don't know. It is what it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say let's move on to Cooper Cup now. He was a 98. Now after doing it all, he comes out to a 90 now. So again, right. numbers close. They went from a 99, 98. And now it's 9190. And mm-hmm. that seems a lot more comparable to me. So, all right, moving on to number three, Tyreek Hill. He goes down now. He was what, a 97? Now to an 88, Joe. After we did the calculations and everything with all the attributes and stats that they put in, them themselves, the Madden group, he drops to an 88. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, that drops him down the list, too. Like, I don't even know if he falls out of the top 10 with that well, rating. We shall but, see, right? Uh, but that was a low blow, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tyreek Hill, phenomenal player. Not saying that he's not any good or anything like that. But in the end, uh, it is what it is, right? Like, he has blazing speed. He's super excel- You know, his acceleration rating is off the charts. It's a 99. 99 top speed, 99 acceleration, and what have you. But he does lack in some other posi- uh, categories, so that brings him down to 88. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Now moving on to the another fourth spot, DeAndre Hopkins. He goes down from a 96 to a 91. Okay. So Which that's, brings him up with Adams. Yep, yep, right around there. So that's, that ties him up. Yeah, absolutely. So right now those guys seem to be tied at, at one and two right now. All right, so now Stefan Diggs. Again, I spelled it wrong here. So uh, it's 89. So he's roughly in the same area too. still. So um, he's in the same uh, so he's ballpark. Ba- so he yeah. doesn't really So he's move. basically fourth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill keeps dropping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. so he has the same exact rating as he did before. So that would make him as, uh, an 89 still. Pretty accurate. So he stayed the same. Pretty yep. accurate. All right, so now Justin Jefferson, I got his name right this time. So he stays at an 89 as well. So these guys are staying neutral. So it seems Boom. like their ratings have gone off of what their attributes altogether, and, and that's about right here. Right. And then again, this makes more sense that's to me. That's all we again, ask for. These are all better players. Some are better than others, but they're relatively close in the same thing, give right. or take a few. And Not, we, yeah. Like if you look at Justin Jefferson and say an 89, and then you look at. Uh, Devontae Adams and he's a 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on, bro. Really? Like, he is, I, I don't think I, it's I a, do he's agree better, with him. But I don't think it being like 10 
percent better. You know what I mean? But I, I do agree with Devontae Adams being the best player. Right, right, right. Best receiver anyway Absolutely. in the NFL I, I because would there. I mean, and you can have that argument all day. Like yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. everybody has like? has has you know mm-hmm. certain opinions on what kind of receiver mm-hmm. makes the best receiver, and that's where you get the debates from. But in the end of, of it all, like it seems to make sense the way we do the Madden ratings. I wish Madden would adopt that instead of having pointless categories like run blocking, pass blocking mm-hmm. for a receiver. Why mm-hmm. they didn't don't normally do that? So why is it in there? You know what I mean? Uh, impact blocking and what have you. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a little crazy, a little ridiculous. So those type of things, even like I think uh, the dumbest stat was but, the ability to break a sack. The like, ability what to the break hell a sack. Is that? That should not be on any category except for quarterback. Yeah. And then also, I thought that's part of breaking even, tackles, right? Is that even tackles, they even right? have defensive ratings for the receivers and yeah. in, in offensive oh, players, which insane. makes no sense. Yeah. So stupid. Basically, everybody gets a rating for every category. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so getting back to the list here. Here we are, and uh, back to the number seven. Now we've got Mike Evans. So he drops. I think, right? Yeah, no, he, he stays. No, bit. he stayed the same. Stayed the same in an 88. So he is true. So it seems like at the back end, it looks like they got a lot of these guys, you know, similar to what their attributes were. So that's right the, on board. That's so. the other thing I was going to mention, too, is, you know, it, it almost seems like Madden it, it tries and goes out of their way to separate every player, like by a point, by two points, by mm-hmm. four points, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's like they don't want a lot of people to be tied. You know what I mean? Right, right, like, right. Like, even right. though, like, a Hopkins and Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs, who all had phenomenal years in Cooper Cup, don't mm-hmm. let me forget that, mm-hmm. they all could be, like, a 91. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if they all had such great um, seasons, like, why not reward them? And they all can be a 93 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like they're, they don't want to get into that you know, whole rigmarole of of, uh, of, of a debate happening. Well, like, I don't oh, think I there would be, be that much even people upset about it even. But I think they may would be even is, much of a debate. It doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. It does not. Even if we had all these guys at a 94 rating, mm-hmm. the top seven, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a debate. There's always going to be an argument for, over, well, I should be a point better, than, better that than that guy because me, yeah. I'm faster. Mm-hmm. Or I should be a point better because I'm more physical. Yeah. I have better hands. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's always mm-hmm. going to be a debate. And that's what makes this fun, and that's why we bring it up every single season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, in the end, you know, I just wish Madden would kind of come to the realization to reward players that deserve to be rewarded because there's even players that aren't in the top 10, that maybe even 20th, that had a good year. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they don't get rewarded for how good of a year they had just because they might not be a big name. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so now moving on <clears throat> to... Uh, the next players here. There you go. I fixed digs. Uh, number eight, uh, Keenan Allen. Now he goes down from a ninety-one mm-hmm. to an eighty-nine. So he drops a little bit. Really there good too. player. Again, really good player. Uh, pretty close. So I think think you can't really complain about that either as well. No. When you, especially when you look at this list. And now Terry McLaurin. He drops pretty drastically right no no he's he's no he stays the same 87 he yep. was in 87 before making the top 10 here still in 87 and we could um, make it we could make our arguments before we get to the last player we could make our arguments for what we, so he stays the same even what the we West. think they should be rated mm-hmm. because honestly like terry mclaurin i thought he i w- with what he had to work with everybody he pretty much was the one player you could count on on washington all the time was oh yeah always always around always making plays and I think he deserves a little bit higher of a rating like that. Maybe he should be an 89, not so much an 87. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's all to depending too on what they decide, I guess, because we try to rationalize it and say, was it no off of their performance from last year? Some might say with some players, yeah, but then other players are kind of like, dude, I don't get that because they even play. So, but that's that's the point. They mm-hmm. they that's mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. They they it's all about the previous year, and then that's and then they take that into consideration mm-hmm. in into putting a rating for the for this new season. Mm-hmm. So. I disagree with a lot of the a lot of their opinions or ideas on on a rating for certain players, even categories. I was laughing um, last night when we were putting all this together that there were some receivers that like a Tyler Lockett, where they kind of did him dirty. They 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 they, they gave him like a thirty something rating for a stiff arm. I mean, come on, any player in the NFL, they all work out. They're all you know strong. They're all athletic. But you, you give him a 30-something rating mm-hmm. for a stiff arm? Come on. I think he has a stronger stiff arm than that. You could have raised it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, like, stuff like that has happened with some players. And, like, Mike Evans was another one. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, they absolutely dogged him in route running, which mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he is a good, a really good route runner. Mm-hmm. And, and they had him in, like, the mid to low 80s in route running. So, uh, you know, certain things like that. All right, here we go. Let's take a look now at Mario Cooper here, see what his numbers were. And he's in 88. So there you go. Uh, okay. The change, let's look at the list from uh, the, the top. That's originally what it was. All right, so you're seeing the 1 through 10 yep. right there. There's your list. There's the new changes right here. Now, after we uh, looked at the other um, five or so or even six, we gave another mm-hmm. handful of shot that were on the cusp. They were on the outside looking in at this top 10 list. And we said, Jamar Chase, we'll give you a shot too. We'll see what you're looking at. Some of the players that were... That were out of the 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 the, the top ten here that were close. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Samuel, uh, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, Brandon Cooks, Jamar Chase, like we said, Tyler Lockett, uh, Chris Godwin, DK Metcalf, guys like these guys, Michael Thomas. They're all on the outside looking in. Yeah. Now, after we did our calculations, you saw what the top ten now came out to. Now we have a new top 10 joe maybe i'll do a drum roll here how about this for the reveal do it drum roll for the top 10 and here it is the new top 10 of madden i said madden 21 madden 23 top 10 wide receivers Devontae adams at a 91 deandre hopkins at a 91 cooper cup a 90 Stefan Diggs with fourth here is an 89 justin jefferson 89 and fifth cracking up the top five keenan allen standard at 89 goes to six michael thomas now Jumps up baby. to the top <laughs> 10. He now, this is up in the, the crazy 10. thing now. It's like, it's just crazy. This is where he the, jumps in now. Yeah, that, this that's is, where this list gets the discrepancy. Up. This is this is bad. Like, Michael Thomas didn't play a single snap last season. So why does he get a high rating? Like, listen, I get it. We know what Michael Thomas is capable of, but he is coming back from a major injury. He didn't play at all last season. So if we're going off of what has transpired last season, maybe he should be lower than that. Maybe an 84, maybe something around there, like mid-80s, low-80s, something like that. Uh, Because, honestly, he didn't even play. So how do you reward a guy to become one of the best, and now he's an 89? Yeah, absolutely. So looks back down on this list again, uh, and we... uh, Talk about players that were upset about not being in here, too. Yeah, Michael Thomas, and right behind him now... Debo Samuel moves right in here. So yeah, he everybody's had a ma- happy about that one now, too, after the, yep. the, the season that he had. Another uh, major jump. And, and, and 
and rightfully so. Listen, Debo, we got you. We got you back into that top ten where you de- where you rightfully deserve. Yeah, to absolutely. Be. With the wave, it was a workhorse last and, season. And to be honest, look at it. Look at how our ratings are. So from the was it from the fourth fourth, fourth place yes. all the way to, to eighth, eighth place, they're all eighty nines. Mm-hmm. They all are deserving of a really good rating. So why not give them what they deserve? Mm-hmm. That's what we're saying. Absolutely. And then now you're moving on to Tyree Kill now back, and he slides from third yeah, to ninth. A huge drop. Yum, yum, yum. Get the fuck out. This ain't Delicioso. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, and that's what I think a lot of people's reaction to this whole thing right here. Yeah, no, I, I, think I can only imagine the uh, internet could possibly break on this one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so. How could you do that? Yeah, Tyree Kill. And it's, again, it's not ratings that we're giving them. No. We're using the ratings of their abilities that they put in there. So mm-hmm. they're telling you that this is what this player was. Meanwhile, they're telling you also that he was uh, – you know, a, a 97. So what is it? Is it 88 or 97? And now Mike Evans rounds out the top 10 right there for your new re-ratings for the wide receivers, Joe. Yep. We love Hashtag it. We love it every time. Hashtag no one else. That's right. So whenever you guys have some more stuff you want to bring up, even topics like the Madden stuff. You guys right. like the Madden stuff? Let us know yep. if you want to hear more of that. And then other things you want to bring up too as well. Drop yeah, them in the comments quick, below. Yeah, real quick, man. I mean, that, it was a lot of fun to, like, do those lists and redo oh, yeah. the list. And just, it's just so we're absolutely clear, we use the same numbers that are given from Madden in, in, in terms of their different categories and the ratings that they put down for it's every not category. We would rate them. Yes. However, the categories that are useless, that don't mean anything for each position, we take those out. And that's why that's where we come up with the new rating, that what it should be. So it, it there's times when they kind of bolster up those numbers a little bit to make them a 99 or a 97 or what have you. But in the end, it shouldn't be that. It should be right kind of where they are, where we have them on our top 10 list. Yeah, absolutely. And so. tune in next week for yet another top 10 list. Oh, yeah. We're going to do a different position every week until we get through all of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you're new to the show, and you want to be part of this football family. Hashtag you want to get into this. Listen, we're the most interactive football talk show there is out there. I swear to God that's what we are. <laughs> so listen, if you want to hop in, become part of this group, this community. This great football, extremely smart community that we have surrounding us. All the support that we have. Head over to YouTube. Search us up, Football on the No Show. Hit that subscribe button. Lock it in right there. Get the notification bell to let you guys know when we go live. You can also become a member, become a nodal on Facebook. The same deal. Just follow us, like our show, share the show to all your family members, friends, anybody that you know. Do the same thing on YouTube. Let's get this thing started. Let's get this thing going. And it only doesn't stop there. But we are also on anywhere you get your podcasts. That's it. Anywhere. Spotify, iTunes, you name it, we're there. Mm -hmm. So if if you want to take us on the car ride with you, if you want to take us at work, we can be there. We can talk your ear off all you want. We can watch any shows. We got a shit ton of them. But make Mm -hmm. sure you watch them. Make sure you like them. Share them. Do it all on your podcast. Make sure you follow us. Football on the No Show. Let's go. All right. That is Correct. Absolutely. Joe, while you're sitting there, I'm all pumped up. up because of rays that I'm drinking. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, why don't we hit them up on that one then, too, while you're at it? 
Uh, repsports.com. Get yourself some raise energy. Promo code raise them up. That's right. When you go to check out promo code raise them up, and you can get your discount here just exclusively, exclusively from Football on the No Show. Let me tell you, I text Joe all the time every week to try and make sure he brings some of these for me because I sometimes forget to get them myself, <laughs> and it's terrible. And I can't do my show without it. So that's a, that's what kind no, of a problem I have. But uh, uh, you know what's another problem, Joe? Which just knock them all out again. We've got our friends here at Johnstone Supply who is trying to keep us cool this yeah, summer are. because it's crazy. We've had a lot of crappy summers, Joe, up in the upstate New York, but this summer so summer's far is blazing. starting to be scorching. And tell everybody how they can stay cool it's in upstate Man, New York here. I, I, tell you right, Supply. I tell you right now, today was a, was a blistery one. Another it was one. hot. Man, uh, and that humidity just I know. drains you. You just want to die. <laughs> I was at work, bro. I couldn't <laughs> stop sweating. I was pouring like a waterfall, bro. Yeah, you're like, it dude, nothing sweating. Oh, dude. You lean up against something, you get that <laughs> wetness all around your back. Oh, Listen, Johnson Supply is our, our dudes our people there are are everybody out there listen summer is here it's getting really freaking sticky it's getting hot if you want to stay cool this summer and all summer long call johnstone supply and troy they're the people to ask questions they're the people that can help you keep your apartment cool keep your house cool keep anything you want cool hell they'll probably even put an air conditioner in your shed if you want to Mm. uh but listen my master they ask the team there as well about their high-efficiency central air conditioning systems and ductless mini-splits. Listen, they got Goodman ones. They got Fujitsu ones. They even got Westinghouse. They're loaded. They're ready to sell them to you. They're ready to install them for you. They're all in stock and at great prices. Need someone to help you install that new system? Well, guess what? It's Johnstone Supply. That's what it is. In Troy, New York, can you help? They can help you there. Ask any questions you want to give them a call. Listen, contact Tom, Kev, James, or Bird. Uh, and let them know, hey, I need help. What can I do to get cool, man? Uh, to stay cool all summer long, call Johnson Supply in Troy, New York at 518-272-5922. That's 518-272-5922. Or visit them at 2600 6th Avenue in Troy, New York. <sighs> you can also hit them up, connecting online at johnstonesupply.com. Get a new AC system today. Yeah, absolutely. Stop giving up. Just do it. Get it. Go to Johnstone Supply. Absolutely, Joe. All right. So uh, rounding out our show here, you said a mouthful, so now it's my turn. Uh, It's the AFC East. Uh, Biggest questions here, Joe. We do this again. We've been doing it for the past couple of years here, but we've been going through with the whole NFC. We've covered the North and the South now of the uh, biggest questions now of the AFC. We're now in the AFC East. Right. Our region here, we are in the Northeast. So a lot of uh, know-it-alls around here are probably super excited to light up the chat here and stuff about some of these uh, teams here. Mm-hmm. So let's get this thing uh, geared off right, start rocking and rolling here. Uh, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills first here, the team that finished the first in this division. Uh, poised again, a lot of people think, to come back and uh, – win the Super Bowl again, even though they were so close last year, close mm-hmm. the year before, uh, but happened to run into the buzzsaw of the Chiefs again uh, and just fail in that crucial oh. uh, overtime loss. So now that's even changed some of the rules with the overtime again because the people are so upset about that loss. So the one question I have for the Buffalo Bills, that's got to be the biggest question for them this season is, with having the toughest schedule in the NFL can 
the Bills make another push for the Super Bowl then. Everybody thinks they can, but if you look at their schedule, they face a lot of these good playoff teams, and it's going to be tough, especially when you ex- uh, you see, yes, their new offensive coordinator has been their quarterback's coach for the past couple of years under Brian Dable, but mm-hmm. will it be a lot of the same still? What might change with this team? Yes, they had a really good defense. That offense was top five throughout the season last year. Josh Allen, he mm-hmm. should still look the same. You know, now people are starting putting him into the elite conversation here when you talk about quarterbacks he's definitely on the top list for fantasy i think uh mike barry or no oh, for sure or matt barry just put that he's out now five. so he's got top five for fantasy numbers now mm-hmm. with especially with his running ability and being able to throw that deep ball and get you some big uh chunk yards uh but again facing this team when it comes down to it when they got to beat some of these tougher teams and let me tell you the afc did not get any easier this year with the addition of (laughs) russell wilson to the buffalo or the buffalo to the broncos and things like that and deshaun watson now with the cleveland browns yes you know they might have been with the texans before another afc team but now with that browns team that looks really close to like they want to make a push here having nick chubb as a running back and kareem hunt still i mean there's a lot of pushback here with, with the Buffalo Bills and teams they really got to go through. And, and it's the thing is, it's always an uphill battle for any team, any given season. You know, whether you're rebuilding, whether you're you're on the cusp, or you're one of the elite teams. It, it's never easy. So uh, for the Bills, this is going to be a different season. Like, they still have their players. They, they've, they, they've upgraded wherever they felt they needed to upgrade. You know what I mean? They got a better offensive line. They got Josh Allen obviously returning it, and they drafted a running back, so that's going to make their running back um, uh, depth a little bit deeper. And the the one thing, too, is like their defense. We know how good their defense is, and, they, and over the last couple of seasons, they've managed to gain more talent on that side of the ball. So... It doesn't seem like they're going anywhere in terms of being a disappointment or anything. Or, they, But the one big thing that I think people don't really point their finger on is just like Jim mentioned with Brian Dable, he's gone. And he was their offensive guru. He was the one that worked extremely well with Josh Allen, worked well with this offense, creating plays and keeping defenses on their heels. Now he's gone and there's going to be a little bit of a changeover now. And because of that, it makes you wonder as a Bills fan, like how good or how sustainable is our offense from last year to this year? Because when you ha- whenever you have a different offensive mind calling plays, that means it's going to be different no matter how you look at it. His, who, you know, the offensive uh, coordinator, Ken Dorsey, is go- going to have a different mindset going into each week in a game plan. So then Brian Dable. So it, there might be a little bit of a change. It's going to be, it's still going to be the same kind of offense run, but maybe in certain situations where Brian Dable will call a run play. Ken Dorsey might call a pass play. So it's going to change the, the feel of the offense. It's, it's, it's going to be Ken Dorsey's offense and whether he can be the next good offensive coordinator for them will remain to be seen, but at least he has all those players on the offensive side of the ball for him to call plays. Because if he didn't have a Josh Allen at quarterback, if he didn't have like a Stefan Diggs at receiver, or you know what I mean, or anybody that he could rely on to run the ball, it would be really hard. But since they have the nucleus of this team still together intact and the defense has gotten stronger with more talent, 
I think they're going to be just okay. I think they're going to be okay. It's going to be different to watch them. I feel like the first couple of weeks is going to tell us on how good this offense can be. And if it can come close to what it was last season, then I think they're still going to be okay. They're still going to be right there in the, in the hunt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Because, uh, again, these teams are getting better. And if you look into this division, these uh, other teams that are in this division really making a push, too, to get that much better to where a lot of people are taking a look at the Patriots and saying, what are you guys doing? You guys are falling behind, you know? I mean, you guys were the cream of the crop in this mm-hmm. division for so long. And now with the executive decisions that they've been making, and now it's still a big question mark on who really is going to be calling the plays or who, whatever, what it might be going on with the Patriots. Will they slip out and fall down to the bottom of this uh, division. We'll see. We'll talk about them in just a few minutes here. But again, Buffalo Bills, they seem like they're loaded, ready to go. They I mean, did draft, you know, Elam for yeah. for the, uh, in, in the draft here, right? But then also Von Miller joins the group here to make mm-hmm. that even de- uh, defense solid. And Tredavious White is going to be healthy. So that defense, I think, will still be ultra solid here. So that's a great thing. And that's the thing that helps them the most, I think, going into the playoffs. Because you think about teams like the Chiefs, we always said, they're really not that great of a defense. Their offense was the team that would try to get them the thing that would move them forward uh, despite their defense. And we saw the the discrepancies last year, especially when that offense wasn't playing as well and, and Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. Uh, and he started to make poor decisions stuff and how that altered games. Um, so they were lucky, I think, to make it as far as they did. And uh, so the Bills... We'll see what happens moving forward. The the one thing that I think is an underrated move on their part is because, like, I've said that they've they've improved the roster, and they have, but they were very specific, and they were fine-tuning their roster because they added – where they had holes, they added players that can come in and help right away, like a Daquan Jones from Carolina to play D-tackle, you know I mean, alongside Ed Oliver. So – and just like Jim mentioned, Von Miller, like he comes in, he's gonna he's gonna replace Jerry Hughes in this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so um, and another huge hole was like who's gonna play opposite Tre'Davious White? You know, that was the biggest question. Levi Wallace left in free agency, which was I feel like was a huge loss, uh, kind of like an underrated player. But now they didn't really have an answer. You know, what I mean, but then comes the draft and. At pick 22, they managed to land themselves, I believe, a stud at corner, a guy that can really come into this defense and will fit perfectly. So um, where they lost players or just didn't have a strong enough player there, they've upgraded where they were weak. So I have a lot of confidence in the roster. The only question that like I would keep going back to is that offensive play calling. Like how much different is it going to be? Uh, if it's going to be close, I'm super excited for Buffalo. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm right on board with them. I think they can really, you know, they'll take it maybe to that next step that they need to. But without really knowing how the plays are going to be called, you know what I mean? That's kind of what gives me a little bit like a step backwards and says, well, I don't know. We got to wait and see approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. So all right, let's move on forward to the uh, Miami Dolphins here now. For My question for the Dolphins is, with the additions the Dolphins have made, can they be a legitimate threat in this division here now, Joe? I mean, they, listen, we've known for, for the last three years that they've been, you know, adding more talent, adding more talent. Three to four years, they've been adding more talent. Tua, we haven't really gotten a full season's worth of uh, production from him. So the question mark is still on Tua. You know what I mean? A lot of people are hard on him and think that he's no good. But 
Here's the thing is this this Dolphins team is not only super young, but also they were able to acquire some studs this offseason. Tyreek Hill being the headliner of, of the whole thing. And, you know, what I mean, having Jalen Waddell as a rookie last year who really kind of, I think it was more impressive than than a lot of people realize is as a rookie receiver, normally they're kind of just dipping their toes in the water. They're normally just, they're getting their bearings. They're catching up to the speed of the game. There's a lot that goes with, uh, you know, goes into being a rookie. So as a receiver, it's usually like extremely hard to be that much, that much more productive and helpful for your team because maybe it's snaps that you don't get out there or uh, you have opportunities, but, some you make, some you don't. So, but Jalen Waddle came in guns a blazing last season, and Tua looked for him quite often. And w- when he got the ball in his hands, he made people miss. He gained some yards. He moved some sticks. Scored some touchdowns. He did it all for them last year in his rookie. And that was a year when Devontae Parker went down with injuries. Preston Williams was not even around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they were missing some key elements to that offense. Mike Kosicki did what he could, did a good job, but they didn't have a complete offense. Now it looks like on paper, it looks like finally, that, and I do realize this too, that is a whole new coaching staff. There's a new new environment now for, for Tua and for all these young players that they've managed to add is they got Hill, they got Waddle, like I mentioned. They got Gesicki. They got an offensive line that's been improved. Their defense was good last year, but came down with a lot of injuries. And and because of that, they got a little shaky down the stretch mm-hmm. in the season. So everybody coming back healthy. This is a very young team. This is a team that's on the rise, and I know we've been saying that the last couple of years in hopes of another big step forward. But maybe this is the year. You know what I mean? The only question is, much like Buffalo, is – with a new coaching staff, not I mean, not really like that, but new offensive coordinator, new offense that you're going to have to learn, it's going to be a little bit different. So I, I wonder how much chemistry can be gained with Tua and his new weapons like Tyreek Hill. I wonder how much you know continuity is going to be built on with all these players that have been there. And with Tua coming back again, yes, he's healthy still, and... We got to wait and see, like, what kind of offense he can run because we're expecting him to run a very similar offense to what the Niners run, where there's jet sweeps, there's a lot of runs, there's option plays, there's receiver screens, which I think bodes extremely well for guys like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill to be utilized. And mm-hmm. then defensively, they were one of the shutdown defenses last year when they were healthy. And then they got hurt. Then they kind of went through a little bit of a rough road. But I really believe that this team... I think they can make a step forward. I don't know if it's going to be early in the season because of the whole new coaching staff that's in place. They got to learn the new defense. They got to learn a new offense and what have you. But I really do believe in the weapons that Tua is going to have at his disposal, along with a much improved offensive line. I think the Dolphins' offense can go go places and do a, a really good job. Here. All right, we got no Donnie Yates in the house with us tonight on What's YouTube, going on, Joe. Donnie? Yeah, he's a Niners fan. He says, "Kick rocks, Jimmy G." Thanks for the treat, stupid. You know, there you go. And he says, uh, "Good th- job, guys." If I Thank remember so correctly, no Donnie's a Cardinals fan. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking of Bob Money, right? Bob Money is the yeah, uh, is Bob the 49ers Money. fan. So yeah, that's right. He is the Cardinals fan. Yeah. Oh, what's he think about what's going on with that? With the whole. Um, you know, it's quarterback situation for them. I mean, that could be, you know, potentially something, you know, for them, you know, but he's going to sign, don't know, you know, he's going to sign. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's look at the, uh, 
the uh, the Miami Dolphins here. Uh, I see what you're saying too as well. I mean, it, biggest question could have easily been again, uh, what, what what is Tua going to be able to do for for this team? Is he going to be able to do it? Uh, take them where they need to be. Uh, like you said, they added the, the 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 talent there to them. So obviously, they gave them some more weapons. To, to be able to beat people deep, to get that speed out there. But again, when you said being uh, from the uh, my, uh, the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, you would mm-hmm. think this it is going to be very similar. And they did load up on running backs too as well. They already had a Miles Gaskin before there, and he kind of underperformed for me last year. And so they have Chase Edmonds he here <laughs> with uh, and Raheem Moster, a guy who already knows this offense as well to fit in nicely with this. And they bring in Sony Michelle too. So they have a. Mm-hmm. Running back by committee, boom, there it is. Every which way they could go anywhere of, they want right. with these guys. So you could see the the writing on the wall with what they might do. They want to mix it up. They want to get it going here. Um, so this team, again, with the way this, this division is, they can make a push with, uh, you know, for this division. I think so, too, especially if Buffalo does happen to struggle with this, you know, way that the new mm-hmm. offense might be run by, by the, um, you know, the the new offense coordinator. If they do struggle with some of those, that you know, bigger, tougher teams that they're facing with that schedule that they have, Miami, will they be able to benefit a little bit of that and make a push here into this division and really make a stand? Because like we said, uh, they have been doing this for some time here under Brian Flores, but now with the switches that's going on with them and he's out of here um, and they've got the talent, We'll see how it lays out. Looks good mm-hmm. on paper, but we won't know until they actually play the game. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think the new offensive scheme that's going to be implemented is going to fit Tua better. Yeah, and it fit, should and alleviate fit, pressure off. And that's the reason why they brought a guy like Tyree Kill in mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a massive trade mm-hmm. is because Tyree Kill it has similarities for that offense where he's going to be part of that go-to figure for them, but it's not going to be just deep bombs. Because we all know Tua doesn't have the strongest arm. It's because this offensive scheme is going to be about getting the ball in their hands fast and letting them make the play. So you might see Tyreek Hill quite often do jet sweeps. He's going to be basically Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. similar to a guy like Debo Samuel was for the Niners, where he's going to be able to run the ball at times. He's going to be able to do option plays. He's going to get into those short route running concepts, get the ball in his hands quick, and watch him explode after the catch. Right, absolutely. So that will bring us to the uh, the New England Patriots now. What's the question for them? We talked about it a little before. So with it's, his, it's all question marks. Everything. That's the the question. whole thing should just be loaded with question marks. Uh, with so much uncertainty, what do we expect now out of Mac Jones and the Patriots here? Uh, Bill Belichick has always said it's the second year in someone's career when you really find out what these guys are. But with the Patriots, with the uh, uh, people have always kind of gone to this coaching tree to try and grab people from uh, coaches from uh, Bill Belichick's uh, room and move on to his head staff. coaching jobs. His <laughs> staff, absolutely. Now Josh McDaniels has finally left officially and not, you know, reneged and come back not, to him. faked it. And not faked, faked it. it. Yeah, didn't he do is it. now with the do a juke Las move. Vegas Raiders here. But they bring back even to uh, former coaches, including Joe Judge here. But giving them assigned to different type of roles, and uh, especially even in the offensive situation where one was a special teams coach, one defensive coordinator, and Matt Patricia. And now Bill Belichick has even come out and said that he might even pl- run uh, – some of the uh, play calling for the offensive uh, side of the ball. And there's a lot of head scratching going on. So how does that really help a young quarterback like Mac Jones uh, develop and uh, move forward for this team? 
I know for a fact that he's kind of taken a lot of it on his own self. I mean, the only thing that I, I could think of, the only thing I could think about for this Patriots team is, yeah. Nobody knows what's going on because honestly, they don't even know what their final coaching staff is going to look like because. If you go to ourlads.com, and that's usually what we utilize for depth charts. Um, If you go under the the category for offensive coordinator, it literally says vacant. They don't even, they don't know yet who is going to be calling the plays. Now we've heard rumors that it could be Bill Belichick himself calling offensive plays? Question mark? Like, are you serious? This guy is a defensive guru. And now all of a sudden he's going to be like, well, Josh can do what I can. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and, and then you get, and then they're still unsure. Like, look, at, they even got a combination at D coordinator. They don't have one guy. They have two. They have Steve Belichick, mm-hmm. his son, mm-hmm. and Gerard Mayo, former linebacker for the Patriots, mm-hmm. both being the D coordinator, sharing the duties. So, and what ha, what what's going on with Joe Judge? Like, he he's an offensive. Was he quarterbacks coach or something? Yes. And then you have Matt Patricia, who, yes, Matt Patricia should be the D coordinator, <laughs> but the, that position is filled by two guys. Uh, so they move, they, they right. sign Matt Patricia. Now he's coaching offensive line? Reality is often disappointing. Uh, yeah. What is going – this is the thing. What is going on with this coaching staff? What's going on with the front office and the decisions that are being made thus far? A lot of confusion. Even Patriots fans got to be a little upset about this because – there's no clear-cut, concise decision that, that that's saying, okay, well, the Patriots know what they're doing. They're, they got this guy, that guy, this guy all lined up like, they, like we're used to. Mm-hmm. We're not used to them being in disarray, mm-hmm. and that's what it seems like, especially the, front, the, the coaching staff. We're still not sure what's going to happen with that. I guess we're going to have to wait until after training camp to get the, that idea. Uh, but in the end... And then you bring up like Mac Jones, and that's the question: Mac Jones and the Patriots. What 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 can we expect from them? I don't think we can expect too much because if you're just now the start of training camp is upon us, mm-hmm. and you still d- not sure what your your coaching staff is going to look like, mm-hmm. you got players coming into practice. Uh, players are even going to have questions. They're like, "Hey, so who's my coach? <laughs> who's, <laughs> wait, who's calling the plays? Like, I need to know." Uh, you know, what I mean, like Mac Jones. This is where I think it's going to hurt Mac Jones. It's going to hurt this offense, is because he might take a step backwards in pro- productivity, and not because of Mac Jones himself, but because of the uncertainty of call, who's going to call plays, who's the the positional coaches. Like, that's going to hurt his development. And this offense, because let's face it, the offense last year with Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator, it looked it looked like they they had much improvement across the board, and it looked like they were they figured it out. They're like, okay, we got our quarterback, we got some weapons. They're not elite, but we got weapons. We can work with them, and they were on track to doing so. But now it's yeah, like I think they surprised a lot of people even too how they performed. And, oh, you know, absolutely! But now, but now you look at this, and to me, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. losing Josh McDaniels, who's been there for like over 20 years as the offensive coordinator, they've never had to worry about that position until now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now that that's happened, there's got to be some concern there because there's no clear cut d- direction here. And then defensively, I feel like he's going to be fine. Their defense is going to be fine. They have Bill Belichick. They got Bill Belichick's son and Gerard Mayo and however many guys are going to have uh, coach this defense. But 
Um, we should also be seen okay. that as, as a trend, though. This 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 <coughs> particular this season, there's a few different teams that have co uh, coordinator positions Which is ridiculous. here now. So I'm wondering if that's a trend that people that's are trying to move trend. to. That's uh, a bad trend. And it's usually because of again, you move on from a defensive coordinator, you know, and they go on to a different uh, team or whatever. So now they're like guys that have worked under them, still yeah. doing the same type of thing. But maybe I'll tell you right uh, now comprised of a few different people they talk about it and then and work on it maybe I'll one take, you, takes on maybe the linebackers or or linemen more and then some handle the secondary that's the sure. problem with this you have mm-hmm. two you have two different minds trying to coach the same defense mm-hmm. but two different ways right and it's going to come down to game planning too mm-hmm. they're going to try to work together and this goes for anybody like we've seen it the season prior there was dual defensive coordinators it doesn't work because one guy is more aggressive calling plays another guy's more passive mm-hmm. uh, another guy likes to play zone another guy likes to you know what i mean likes to play man and those ideas conflict with each other mm-hmm. and when and and when even game planning even if they all agree on oh we're going to do this scheme we're we're not going to really blitz much all this all the all these other you know opinions and ideas mm-hmm. Even when they come together, like, oh, I think the same way you do. Mm-hmm. When it comes to game planning, I don't want to do that play. I like this play better. There's going to be problems and discrepancies between both. And it doesn't matter how you camouflage it week to week and be like, oh, no, we're fine. Yeah, we struggled last week, but we're okay. It's going to become a problem as you the further you go into the season. If you don't have a clear-cut decoordinator, it's, it's, it's not a recipe for And even for with this situation, it could be... Steve Belichick knows the X's and O's. Gerard Mayo, former player, has been there, has seen it all, though, too. You know what I'm saying? Two different types of perspectives. You know, he could be like, yo, I've been there. I played this. You don't you know what you're talking right. about. You know what I mean? Right. And That's it, what it, I mean, the two different there. mindsets. Yeah, absolutely. It's one thing even if they're But guess who's going to overrule them both? Belichick. Bill. Boom, there you go. So he'd be like, oh, no, your bolts are stupid. You shut up. You shut up. I'm doing this. This is what we're doing. Who knows? But uh, we won't ever tell you shut up. It's Mike Tackett. He's in the house with us tonight. What's going on, Mike? Uh, he goes uh, back, back to the Dolphins. He says, if the Dolphins were in another division, they'd probably be a wild card team. As such, they're third best in the AFC East. Uh, uh, I'm not sure who you who you put in front of them now. Are you, is he saying maybe I the Patriots? He, then, I think he, he might be still the, saying the, Patriots. The, the, the Jets, or he's going to go I mean, all the Jet, out and Jet. go all in on the Jets. How about that? You know, who knows? He starts to come and then he pulls out. We're gonna know. we're gonna about we're about to talk about the Jets. <laughs> about to. Uh, but again, get back to Mac Jones real quick. I just want to say uh, thanks for the comment. Mike. If it wasn't for you know what the, you know they're doing with the coaching staff, yeah. he is now taking it upon himself. He yes. has flown to all the different places where his uh, wide receivers were in the mm-hmm. offseason and did practice, private practices mm-hmm. with all of them. Mm-hmm. It's going down the depth chart, not just his starting three that he think he might be. Uh, he's also he's all already knows you know Jacoby Myers and such, mm-hmm. but you know Devontae Parker added on to this. So he's trying to get chemistry with whoever he can here right. on this team, just so if they happen to be in the, in, in the field together and, and playing, that they are all on the same page and making it work. So at least that's the one good thing about this team that you're seeing mm-hmm. uh, for him. Him as as you know, having good head on his shoulders and him wanting to get better himself. Forget what the coaches might be saying to him. He's trying to handle it himself. But we'll see. It could be. Are, are we going to see the the beginning of the down years really? or the I mean, the bad years? You know, the dark it, ages for this for it, the Patriots. Yeah, it's gonna be predicated on this offense. Yeah, like you, I, I'm I'm pretty darn sure. Like nothing really 
that drastic is going to change on defense. Bill really runs that defense. It's almost like, let me put it this way. Well, that's why the Andy, question's got to be it, offense, right? You know? Yeah, that's that's well, it. I mean, because mm-hmm. you, you, you look at the, the Chiefs head coach, right? Mm-hmm. And his his relationship with Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator. That's kind of what I envision with the Patriots defense is Bill Belichick is going to basically tell or help those two guys learn the defense, game plan every week. Like it's going to be basically Bill Belichick like it has always been. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I, I'm not scared about the defense taking a, a step down in and everything because he's going to keep it in line. You know what I mean? But the offense – the lack of even knowing who the coordinator is going to be, mm-hmm. uh, that's concerning. And on top of that, when you don't have Josh McDaniels, who he they've heavily relied on and mm-hmm. have tried to keep there for so long, and rightfully so, but now they're faced with the, the hard decision of, now, who the fuck are we going to put at mm-hmm. offensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't, we, we, because here's the other domino effect, is now that Josh McDaniels left, he also took like five, oh, yeah. six offensive yeah. assistants yeah. 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 from the Patriots on mm-hmm. top of that mm-hmm. to bring with them. So guys that were like Mick Lombardi, I think he was, mm-hmm. I think he was a, I can't quite remember, but maybe he was a receiving coach or something like that. He was the next offensive guy to take over at mm-hmm. coordinator, mm-hmm. but he took him too. Mm-hmm. So they are, they, they were so drastically, um, uh, what do I, dismantled mm-hmm. for, on the offensive coaching staff to the point where now they're like, well, we don't know who to promote next. You know what I mean? So it, it's created a little bit of a panic in a sense. Uh, they'll, they'll, they're a professional organization. They'll get it nailed down, but it's still got to be a concern. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so then finally that moves us on to the New York Jets. After having an excellent draft, can we expect more from the Jets this season? Last year, again, First year for their rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. Um, maybe the question should be, you know, whose mom is he going to bang next? You know, or mom's friend? Who knows? Not sure. Is he going to be on a dating game? He's going to be the next bachelor? You know, not sure. Oh, What's up with that? But, uh, yeah, after having an excellent draft, they did well. They grabbed all the players I think that they had an eye Dude. on. You know, finally. Dude. Uh, uh, Joe Douglas has hit the uh, the head the nail on the head here for this one, doing what he needed to do, and Robert Sala again coming back for another year, and, and now he's got the guys in place on defense. You know, a guy like Sauce Gardner here too, again, who's only what gave he gave up like one what, completion, I think, for 13 yards in his whole. He gave career up or no like touchdowns. No touchdowns too. Yeah. So I mean, elite there, and then also on the offensive side, get some weapons. So. Uh, you would think that now you would see improvement. You saw at times last year, even though they didn't have a great record, uh, they were able to compete with a lot of these different teams. I think mm-hmm. they even beat the, the the Bengals last year, and Bengals went all the way to the Super Bowl. So they competed hard still, and now to see them now this year, uh, second year w- w- with this regime, and now Zach Wilson hopefully can get better, but having better weapons around him too as well. Uh, it, it's interesting to see what they could do with this team. Yeah, I mean, this team, like, listen, if you're a Jets fan, and I know we said this last year kind of a little bit, we're like, they are rebuilding but they, we do, we did really like some of the pieces that they brought in last year, and everyone's like, yeah, 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 but I don't know. And listen, they had a, they had a little bit of a, a disappointing year in terms of listen. Zach Wilson went down with an injury, didn't play half the year, came back late, I think the last two mm-hmm. games or three games, mm-hmm. and played pretty, pretty well. 
You know, so there, you got some success out of your quarterback down the stretch. But then you're like, oh, well, you know, Jamison Crowder is really our only go-to guy, and and we need more weapons, and our offensive line was putrid besides Makai Becton. You know what I mean? So, And then he got injured. You know, so it's like key injuries were happening. The defense still isn't set. Like, they still have holes, but listen, you rebuild for a reason, and they're doing it the right way. The last two years, if you take them and put them all together, I've I've been an advocate to fire Joe Douglas. Absolutely fire him. I thought he was one of the worst GMs. He hasn't done nothing for this organization in all the years he's been there until two years ago it started. And you're starting to see that this team is putting together some really good players out of the draft. They're putting together some free agents that they bring in to kind of lock mm -hmm. up those holes. Mm -hmm. And now after a second offseason, I'll say this. that I think, in my opinion, the Jets had the best draft now out of anybody. Now, when I say that, it's also because they had the most first-rounders to, to work yeah, with yeah. and uh, second- and third-rounders. So that definitely helps out a lot. But the thing is you also got to nail on every pick in order mm -hmm. to be huge success. Mm -hmm. And I think they did just that. They managed to draft, in my opinion, the number one receiver coming out in Garrett Wilson. They managed to draft a tackle, Max Mitchell, who was kind of underrated in the fourth round, who I think can develop to be a starter. Brees Hall was seen as uh, one of the best running backs, if not the best running back coming out. They were able to get him. They also, on the defensive side, like Jim mentioned, Sauce Gardner, shut down corner, something they desperately need is corners. They get him. They also get who I cannot believe was there at 22. Uh, but Jermaine Johnson, a big-time pass rush threat, to put him on the DN spot up opposite uh, Carl Lawson, who, if you remember, mm -hmm. didn't play all year last year. So he's coming back for them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he played for the Bengals, I think, but he got hurt. Mm -hmm. um, but then you pair that up with some key free agents they bring in, like a John Franklin Myers, who mm -hmm. I this dude is going to be untapped potential galore. He's going to be good for them. Uh, yeah, you have uh, you know Jordan Whitehead, who they bring over from Tampa Bay at safety. That's a huge addition. LaMarcus Joyner is going to play free safety, finally, since he's had his, you know, whatever, experiment at cornerback uh, <laughs> for a couple last couple of years. But he's coming back to play free safety, which I think is a good fit for them. And then you take all those young players and you combine them from the draft stock that you had last year and all put together, along with some free agent additions, you look at this offense and you're like, well, they, they got Connor McGovern to play center. You know what I mean? They got Lakin Tomlinson. There's another addition. Uh, Makai Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker, who they drafted. This team is starting to look like a solid team up and down. They're still filling holes that they need. And, they, and Corey Davis had a pretty good year for them last year mm -hmm. at receiver. Mm -hmm. Elijah Moore ascended in his rookie year and, and played really well for them. So... There's a lot to like with this team, and a lot of growth is going to take place. So the Jets, I am actually kind of really high on this season. Uh, as long as they put it all together and stay healthy, I, I think that they could actually take this team to not be the bottom of the barrel in the division anymore. I think they might be able to get third and maybe second, believe it or not, if they can manage to beat the Dolphins up a little bit because they're – I feel like the Jets and the Dolphins are almost in the same 
they're in the same, you know, pathway. You know, they they have talent, but they're, they're they don't have all the experience yet. They have some holes still, but they're still making it work. It's it's quite possible that the Jets could really turn it around to the point where maybe, quite maybe, they could beat out the Dolphins for second place. Yeah, and the one the major thing is getting this offense. What's it going to look like? They put their weapons around Zach Wilson, so all the pressure has got to be on him again. How well he can well, perform? That's the and, thing. Uh, his development is it's we'll less see pressure because if, uh, you, Mike Lafleur can you do it for now him. finally have more weapons. Well, you yeah, have no, a better offensive yeah, line. So now you should be able to do it. You know, what I mean, but how bad thing. that offense looked last year. I mean, you would think that they could only get better. But as bad as that roster was last mm-hmm. year, I, I, I say bad, but like they had improvements, but then they, there was injuries that that took place. But Zach Wilson, the last two or three games, mm-hmm. looked pretty so darn good. Okay. He looked mm-hmm. solid, mm-hmm. and that was with a, a not as good of a roster as what we have here in front mm-hmm. of us. So. I think it's, it, it creates that much more hope for this team. And you got a whole training camp to go through still where he's going to develop more chemistry. The team is going to get more unified. The defense is, has these young players stepping in and these free agents stepping in. Their defense is going to be better. It's not going to be up to you know Robert Sala's uh, expecta- or, or standards because they still need to work on that side of the ball. They had a lot of holes last year. Now they managed to fill some. But that's still going to be a, a you know a continuing thing that they got to build upon. But I, I really do think that the defense will be better. The offense is going to be even better. And I think that's going to lead to a lot more wins for this team. Oh, Joe. We've got breaking news, Joe. Breaking news. From our man. Mike Tackett, what's going on? Mike Tackett. Here it is. Tom Brady <laughs> has a new tight end in Tampa. Former Vikings and Giants veteran Kyle Rudolph is signing a one-year contract <laughs> With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers per Ooh, source, shakalaka. good for Kyle. Wow. Mike, thanks for Man. the thanks for the news uh, break. You got it. Uh, you are He's our, always on top of it. You are our uh, sideline reporter and always on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the thing: is like, listen, I'm not really excited about it. Kyle Rudolph, listen, he's injury he's injury prone. He played with the Giants. He got nicked up with the Giants. Like, I don't think this guy's do got much to well. offer. Yeah, exactly. It's like you, they signed another veteran again. Like, I mean, they got so what? To, to, I don't think. I mean, if you look at it with because they do have Tom Brady, he likes to spread the ball around. Yeah. He could potentially get some touches yeah, he here. Could. Yeah, for but sure. I don't think it's an impact move for this no. team. But so. I, I think that more of an impact tight end for them is Cameron Brait, who's already there, right? Who has even been able to perform. For them, when they had Jameis mm-hmm. Winston, mm-hmm. so again you're adding another guy. It just seems like all of a sudden Gronk couldn't come back, so they're like, we need another veteran tight end just to join here <laughs> to, to try and make another push here. I and mean, they added you know Kyle Rudolph again, who wasn't right. really even that impressive for the New York Giants. Uh, for it's me. probably it's probably just a depth move. So they yeah, just need I hear you, but in. again, I mean, well, there's there's plenty of other younger tight ends, whatever you keep for depth, you know, what I mean, or, or get out there. So. Um, Okay, cool, but it is, it is breaking news. Good for them, but, you know, and I'm not really expecting a whole lot of difference out of that. But, uh, all right, so the Jets, again, uh, do I expect more? Absolutely, for the Jets, I think I expect more. What can their ceiling be? Uh, I think they could be, I think, a ceiling for them. I think mm-hmm. that would be impressive for them is going just under 500, 8 yeah. and 9. Yeah, I think yeah. it would be nice, which I think yeah. they could achieve. Uh, so, And who knows? That could be second place. <laughs> <laughs> who knows with this division? It, you never knows, know. Though. I'll tell Again, you right now. With the, with the, the schedules. That and that's the thing too, is man, like the Buffalo rough. Bills have finally are, are that team in that division mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. where you look at that division, you're like, well, the Bills got to win it. 
You know what I mean? It's yeah, no yeah. longer like a, a shoe-in where you're like, Patriots are always winning, so it yeah, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the Bills, it looks like they've taken that crown, that divisional crown in a sense, that they are the favorites from now on until they are dethroned. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so, and, and after them, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there you go. That was our AFC East uh, biggest questions. Uh, we're going to handle the... Uh, the West next week, and then we'll be all wrapped up with the biggest questions. We'll get into some right. more Madden next week. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. whatever headlines that hit us, training camps have started already uh, for some teams here. We're going to get into more this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get some more information out of training camps too, see what's looking good for some players who's uh, moving up the roster, things like that. Uh, in the upcoming season together as a whole, we're going to get some more interviews out for you guys. We have some new shows that we're going to be Ooh. debuting in August too as well, so yeah. sit tight for that stuff. So a lot of new updated content for everybody out there, for all you know-it-alls out there, and we're expanding as as we go further into this next year. So we're super excited about the new stuff we've got in the works, and I hope you guys are too. Joe, tell One me. more time, one more time for go. the one time, is I got to say this. Listen, if you're new to the show... We thank you, first of all, for watching our show. But other than that, listen, do us a favor. Help us grow this channel. Help us help support us. Help us get more exposure. Help us get noticed. Head over to YouTube. Search us up football on the no show. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Let you guys know when we go live. You can also follow us on Facebook if you feel free. So if you want to, Uh, you can also follow us there. Uh, Become a member. Become a know-it-all. And it doesn't stop there because we are also on anywhere you get your podcasts. Listen, if you want to take us along for the ride, take us to work, take us on vacation, whatever you, you know, whatever you want. to Hawaii. I would like to go to Hawaii. Bring us, bring us both to a nice far away place where we can chill and we'll talk your ear off about football for an hour or so. Uh, But listen, anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and I know a lot of people don't know this, but we're also on Spotify video. We, can, we yeah. also have our shows on Spotify as well, like where you can visually see them. Uh, so uh, help support our channel. Help us get more exposure. Listen, feel free to comment down below at any given show. It doesn't have to be about what we're talking about. If you want to bring up a topic or a team or a player that you want to talk about, whether it be uh, a trade that's happened, whether it be a signing, whether it be fantasy football, because fantasy football mm-hmm. is right mm-hmm. around the mm-hmm. corner. I know some some people are crazy enough to have drafts already. Yeah, uh, right. but, that is super But anything football-related, we are here for you. <laughs> we love to talk some football. Make sure you comment down below. Don't be shy. Tune in, tune out. All right, that's it for us. We will see you guys next time. Join us next week from 8 till 10 Wednesday night for more Football on the Know with Jim and Joe.